Hello everyone, this is your co-host Tony Cheng and for this episode we have prepared trading tools that will help you evaluate your buys and sells on your next project. Please sit back and enjoy listening to how we got started and we hope that this podcast will be helpful to your research from the one and only The Crypto Scrubs Podcast. Today is May 17, 2022, and you are listening to the Crypto Scrubs podcast. It is episode five, where we talk about even more trading experiences, share some advanced tips, uh, indicators to help you prepare for the next bull run. And uh, been an exciting week, right, Tony? Uh, um, exciting week always, but this this week uh, it was a once in a couple years event that happened definitely i remember saying to myself and to a crypto community saying that um, everyone grab your popcorn because this is about to get real and uh, this or last week or so we had um, terra luna ust uh, get destroyed um, and the luna token itself got destroyed yeah I th- what happened was it the deep pegging so UST, the, the currency stable coin for Luna, is always supposed to be at a dollar, but it de-pegged, meaning it lost its dollar peg. Um, it dropped below a dollar. Once it did that, it went on a debt spiral. So hyperinflation happened within like a span of 24, 48 hours, where 300 million Luna became 6.6, 6.9 or 6.6 trillion Luna. So imagine like <laughs> your your money losing like ten thousand yeah percent in two days time of, in two days yeah, in, like in yeah. two days time we saw like an eighty percent drop and then eventually a ninety nine percent drop to a hundred percent drop. Um, I don't know where the market cap is right now currently for Luna, but I do know that um, everyone that touched it on its way down uh, took the end brunt of it and lost a lot of money on it. Uh, a friend of mine told me that they lost ten thousand dollars. He put it in while it's going down, and then he looked at his wallet like a couple days later, and it was two dollars. So yeah, it, it's funny because there was multiple ninety nine percent crashes within like three days. Like ninety nine dollars became a dollar, and then people were like, "Oh, okay, let's put it in." No, <laughs> a dollar became one cent, and then what kept on going? What kept on going to like point oh 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 oh. Oh, six zeros, three. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's, it's definitely yeah. broke a lot of people's heart at that point. Um, definitely, in our last episode, we were like really complimenting Luna, saying that it's probably going to survive this bear run. But damn, were we wrong about that? Um, which yeah, it was just like instant karma. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe it's it. We should we should go we should go recommend another coin. <laughs> And then that will be an indicator of you to stay away All, from it. Like also known as a caster curse where you like pretty much say something good about someone or uh, something that happens. And now, you know, it does the opposite, which is crazy. For yeah. Me, but. Uh, yeah. So we're putting that behind us. It was uh, it was a bad call. And the timing was bad too. Sounded good on paper, but I think on, I think me diving deeper into it, um, we realized that collateralizing something that um is isn't native with the currency that you're 
issuing is always a bad idea. So that's that's part of what happened with Luna. Yeah. So let's let's talk about what happened with Luna. Actually, just like for thirty seconds, I wanna yeah sure. I wanna mention like so. What ended up happening was the UST peg that Terra Luna had depegged, and so they were forced to sell Luna tokens uh, in order to pretty much compensate and try to bring that dollar peg back up. Um, but this happened very quickly during the bear market while Bitcoin was also bleeding, and they also bought um, a lot of Bitcoins at the time to kind of be a backed uh, to back the UST to a dollar peg which was probably the wrong choice at the time because you know everything's going down buying something that's more volatile that's going down is not going to really help and eventually do kwan the owner of terra luna became the poorest billionaire out there he went negative billions like i don't know what that does to him in terms of his uh financial credit um but i'm pretty sure uh that might you know string him from out of like being able to buy a home in the future i, I don't know what's going to happen to this guy like he's going to owe people a lot of money and he's down billions of dollars of investors money yeah i don't know how it would work like in crypto because in traditional finance you can just declare bankruptcy but i don't know if you uh, i don't know if, i don't know if the government will back you if you lose like billions of dollars of bitcoin so not sure what's going to happen there but yeah do kwan was like i'm not sure how much he slept in this past uh, week or two, because it all happened so quickly, so unexpected. But uh, some people say that um, you should have seen it coming because it wasn't really a scheme or anything. It was, it was published, and this is exactly how Luna is designed to work, how um, Do Kwan said it would would work, and everything played out like according to the book. But this death spiral um, in the and the impact and kind of just the velocity of how it happened what was the key that no one expected. Yeah, imagine being in his shoes. Like, how does he get sleep at night and be able to wake up the next day to do anything? Like, literally. How do you start another project? Like, how does he recover from this? Um, one thing to note is that he did, after this event, they lost about $18 billion. Yeah. $18 billion. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of money Oh, there. my God. Um, I think Luna's market cap... Well, what, what's even crazier happened, if you actually time Luna at the bottom, which is going to be pretty hard to do because lots of people did it and then lost 99% over and over again but at the bottom uh, um, if you bought it it would have been a, I think over 100 times 100 200x gain if you were to bought it, bought it when um, when they resumed the Terra blockchain yeah. and so this was a top 10 project that just went down and under overnight and at the same time we do want to mention that they've decided to abandon UST Terra Luna. Um, they're yeah. gonna abandon the coin. They're also abandoning the Luna token, and they're creating like some kind of classic token called Loon C, um, which is like Ethereum classic to Ethereum, which is gonna be a little bit weird. It's gonna split up the community and whatnot. He's doing everything he can to try to save the human capital that's involved uh, with all the developers and whatnot. But in terms of the finance. Um, everybody is negative yeah they're they're trying to repurpose the luna blockchain space so we'll, we'll see what's going to happen but um don't don't fall into the trap of like hey i can buy like a trillion luna right now because 
there, there's a lot of Luna out there. Um, the market cap is still pretty high, actually. It's it's uh, at two billion right now. So always look at pri- look at projects from a market cap perspective. Don't fall for that trap of like, oh, I can buy so many tokens um, at at this like ridiculously cheap price because it's you're not you're not buying much value in the yep, end. That's right. All right, let's uh, kind of move on to um, some of our trading resources and strategies. Um, I don't know where to really start from here other than uh, maybe just mention a few things that we like to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to – Tony and I trade on a regular basis. Trading on a bear market right now is especially uh, difficult. But um, when things are going good and there's a uh, bull market – these these indicators and strategies and um, have helped us a lot. So we're gonna go through. There's definitely a lot of indicators out there. We're gonna go through the ones that we fall back on, and use over and over again, um, so you can guys can take away from it as you will. All right. So uh, one thing that we do have to mention is that a lot of this charting and trading comes with uh, TradingView.com is what we use for one of the resources. I highly recommend using TradingView because it's free. At the moment, it's on. The, it's just a free website. Um, whether you sign up or not, um, you can also get paid for extra um, premium. I don't know activates. I guess like alarms and stuff, whatnot, and having multiple screens um, or multiple charts in one screen is uh, paid for uh, for TradingView. But for the most part, just to starting out, uh, TradingView has majority of its um, platform is free. Yeah, I personally use Tra- TradingView Premium just to have a couple more indicators. Um, so just going straight into it, I think the, the indicators that I use are um, kind of MACD, which is the Moving Average Convergence Divergence Indicator, um, VWAP, Volume Weighted Average Price, and also RSI. So kind of starting from RSI, RSI has a gauge of uh, kind of how hot and how how oversold and how overbought uh, one uh, a crypto is or anything stock anything that you could chart so has usually has uh, a scale of zero to a hundred and anything un, anything approaching twenty is considered oversold anything approaching eighty is considered overbought so if you're trading a range or trying to time the market or trying to time your trade. Um, this is a really indicator of kind of uh, how oversold and overbought something yep. is. Um, I definitely use the same indicators. Um, I use a lot of the momental momentum indicators, such as RSI, and um, I guess RSI is being the main one. I don't use MACD, but it's a very good one to check once in a while. I'd like to use moving averages in order to remove a lot of the volatility in price. It helps me kind of just picture which directional it's going. Um, I use the 50 moving average, 50 days moving average, and uh, 200 and see if they like cross. Um, the golden cross and the death cross are just like long-term indicators of what's about to happen uh, with the price action. Um, that's one that I use and there's one indicator that I use on TradingView right now it's just called Supertrend. Uh, Supertrend has uh, been back tested and it's just been really helpful it's been really great to use uh, but it's not always correct obviously um, but it's been very positive uh, in terms of its strategy so yeah. yeah moving moving averages are something that's pretty widespread 
widely used across a lot of different traders. So you're going to hear like um, moving average, like 20 day, 50 day, um, like 100 day, all the way up to like 200 day even. So when you're, if you're looking at like longer, longer term trends, a lot of people are going to say like, oh, the, the, the price hit its moving uh, 200 day moving average that means it should bounce so a lot that that happens when like a lot of traders are looking at the same thing and when traders looking at the same thing they tend to buy and sell at at the same spots so moving averages definitely something that um you should refer to because that's what most people look at and most of the times we want to look at like uh for me for example when i use moving averages i don't look at the smaller time frames like the one minute mark i actually look at them from like the daily and above or like four or eight hours because um there there would there is like less error in terms of uh these indicators uh sometimes at bigger higher time higher time frames so they all work differently um some indicators actually work better in lower time frames like in the five minute mark or less so that's something to look out for it just depends on um, what strategy you're using and seeing to if you can back test it based on different um, time frames um, so that's something to look out for yeah and with if you're trying to invest long term to crypto definitely look at like the really long term moving averages like the 50 day and the 200 day because if you're waiting for a price or trying to find a price to invest in long term or just to enter, um, once it hits one of those uh, 50 or 20, 200 day moving average targets, then that's probably the best time to buy. But um, again, what I'm doing is I'm not trying to time the market. I'm trying to buy just whenever money comes around. That usually is is a pretty good solid long term strategy. But if you're trying to trade a portion of a portfolio, then um, moving average is definitely helpful. Yeah. Galen just mentioned three different types of trading strategies. Uh, one is day trading where, you know, you're mostly looking at like the minute marks, the early minute marks, um, just trading up and down uh, based on tiny movements, uh, trying to capitalize on that, uh, which is actually controversial to a lot of amateurs because if you don't have like automated trading, high frequency trading tools, you're actually going to lose more money than make any money. And so, um, usually this is for high uh, professional day traders who do this as a living and um, that's one type of uh, trading aspect there's there's a swing trading where you're looking at like the daily mark um, hour like four hour and above where you're just trading off of like big movements and that movements that take maybe like a couple days to complete from bottom to top or top to bottom um, and you can really never really time those as well so you're going to you could technically lose a lot of money on this. It's all a percentage. And the the best one, I think, in my opinion, especially during this bear market, is dollar cost averaging, is whenever that paycheck is coming in, you just slowly buy as the market's going lower and lower uh, just to bring your buy average cost basis down. Um, right. So that's kind of using um, moving, moving averages. Uh, another one that I... Moving averages and kind of RSI, uh, trying, to, trying to gauge when to buy in. Another one that I use and kind of discovered just by looking on Twitter is called uh, VWAP, VWAP, Volume Weighted Average Price. And that's basically, it shows you a line of where a lot of the historical activity has happened, either through uh, a lot of people buying at the at that price or some a lot of people kind of FOMOing into and kind of selling at the top. So... And it has like steps um, 
and kind of sections of where you should watch out for. And I found that prices always gravitate toward this line. And I think right now, if you zoom out at the chart, um, Bitcoin, that volume weighted average price for like the 200 day average is right at like 21,000, which is the target that a lot of people are getting about that's been floated around a lot. Um, that's the kind of the sailor mar- margin call price also. So I wouldn't be surprised if Bitcoin's price falls that far. And that that's how I found out through that um, indicator, the VWAP. That's so funny. I actually think that Bitcoin is going to drop to 21000 So I'm going to have to place a bid. <laughs> I'm actually going to ha- place half of my bid in um, like 19000 and uh, 21000 I think it's going to hit seventeen to nineteen. Uh, just my opinion. Um, just based on like my previous experience, nothing like hard evidence or anything like that. Um, so, right. Um, another one that's really popular, like the media is called the fear greed index. It's, it's very, very, um, simple. It's like a zero to 100 scale of fear and greed. So the lower it is, there's a lot of extreme fear, a lot of panic. Um, and when it's high, there's a lot of greed, a lot of uh, just people buying and being overly optimistic. So right now, I think um, fear greed index right now is in the 20s. It's been fluctuating around there, gone to the teens there one time. And when it gets like to the teens, that that's like extreme, extreme fear. Probably like short term, if you're trying to get in, that that's a that's a good spot where other people are selling um, really a lot. And I I think reached that when like Luna would. would was in its death spiral. Yeah, we're right now. It was like a market wide. Right now, currently, Bitcoin is at the f- extreme fear um, 12. 12 out of the oh. 100, I think, if 100 is the max. Right. It's, it's pretty interesting. The next update's going to happen in 21 hours from now. Um, yeah. But yeah, extreme fear. Yeah, it, it might stay there for a while because uh, in a bear market, it's usually like 2030s. Oh, maybe, yeah. 2030s teens for for a long time so um but bear markets is the best time to accumulate and you will get rewarded when when the next bull run happens so that that's my idea i'm not trying to play cute and try to time anything this time just accumulate because i really believe in this space yeah so i would like to also on top of that talk about the bitcoin having countdown so there's actually a having countdown website somewhere um if you just google it it'll come up it's pretty much telling us when the countdown for the next um, bull run would pretty much happen. Uh, we have about 716 days. It's going to happen supposedly around April or May of 2024 of the having event. So um, what that essentially just means is that we're going to have less rewards per block for Bitcoin, creating a constriction in supply and uh, continuous demand will skyrocket the price of Bitcoin. Um and so that's, I think, the best time to buy Bitcoin is during that year. So early of January of 2024 or within the last six months of 2023. Yeah, I think, the, uh, again, like we've mentioned this before, Ethereum moving the proof of stake is going to be a really big uh, deflationary event for Ethereum. Um, definitely had that on your radar as well. So like, there's like, two huge events capping in the next two years so don't lose sight of like kind of the bigger picture missed all this quiet kind of quietness around crypto um so 
another indicator I want to kind of bring up is called uh, another, another, yeah, indicator kind of revolved around trading ranges. Uh, what, what we're called, what we're in right now is in a bear market where like ranges are really important. Um, so not, it's not like going in a certain direction. Uh, I think we've gone down a lot. So I don't think we're going to see these like sharp spikes down um, as frequently. We might, we may see some of them, but um, I think we're, we're in a range bound market. So one of the indicators I use is called a Bollinger Band. Um, basically shows you uh, kind of, to, shows you a distinct range. So when price reaches the top of the band, that means kind of overbought. Um, and then when price reaches the lower range of the band, uh, or channel is going to be uh, when it's oversold. So that's another indicator I use. Yeah. Um, I also use uh, something called Woobull. Char- uh, Wooly Woo is the guy. What? <laughs> Woobull is W-O-O-B-U-L-L. Um, he made a lot of like these new indicators at the time back in 2017 when people didn't really know how to measure when uh, Bitcoin is like a buy or a sell. Uh, nobody knew how to take a look at Bitcoin because it was such a new asset and technology itself. So therefore, he's created something called like the Bitcoin PE ratio, the MVT ratio, um, and how Bitcoin. He also did um, <clears throat> eight years of historical data against Bitcoin, uh, real estate, stocks, and bonds to see what the risk-adjusted returns were um, compared to you know from Bitcoin to each other. And we in it shows clearly in the chart. This is a great tool when you want to prove to other people why Bitcoin is actually a better buy, regardless of how volatile it is. Is because the the Sharpe ratio is much higher um, than any other assets out there right now, currently over stocks and real estate. Yeah. Um, So we went through a lot of like indicators that you could use as like charting tools with we mentioned like rsi um bollinger bands kind of we vwap uh, macd moving averages uh wooble those are kind of things that you could do and actually draw out draw out and add on trading view or any other charting tool um another aspect of trading or kind of advanced trading tactics if you will is being aware of uh, on-chain metrics um, what on-track metrics is is an attempt at tracking the flow of crypto across exchanges, wallets, and um, kind of sources and destinations. And what's happening right now, um, and this is pretty consistent with bear and bull markets, is a decrease of Bitcoin on exchanges. So people are kind of either buying Bitcoin through the exchange, moving it off of the exchange and storing it for hard, uh, cold storage. So people are accumulating Bitcoin right now. So even though pr- the price of Bitcoin is low, um, the amount of Bitcoin on exchange is actually at an, on, at an on-time low and also going down. So we're not seeing many people are kind of selling or trading their Bitcoin right now. Yeah, that's very true. I would definitely say on-chain. I didn't really want to mention on-chain myself because it was a little bit more advanced, but there's a lot of information based on how uh, Bitcoin is being used, whether it's transactional or, you know, just, I guess, the growth in hash rates or whatnot. So uh, definitely there's more information out there for a lot of the data geeks um, 
regarding Bitcoin and how it's being uh, used currently today, definitely a bigger adoption um, than what it was previously five years ago, even though the price has dropped significantly uh, around like 50%. Um, I still think we got more to go um, going down. Yeah, well, one one thing I do want to add was um, on-chain metrics is really important tool to spot kind of tops. Uh, so during the most recent, most recent like Bitcoin top around like 69k and even like around 55k, was a lot of a lot of times the order book drying out on exchanges, and that that means like when you place an order you usually like post how much bitcoin you want to buy or sell um on the exchange um at a certain price and how many how many like crypto uh using like limit orders so when that starts to dry out like a whale a whale being like a person with a lot of crypto can manipulate the market and actually dump um a lot of their crypto onto the market and because the order book is so thin there's not enough buy orders on uh, placed uh, to support either like the huge buy or the huge sell. So what happens is you have a cascade of orders going down um, and sharp drops or sharp uh, spikes up in the crypto market. And what we had was like huge, huge sharp, uh, huge drops when um, either whales were trying to buy low or trying to short the market. Um, it didn't take much Bitcoin like selling on exchanges to actually cause those big drops. That's definitely true. Um, there, I would say a lot of that happened even more uh, four years ago when there wasn't a lot of liquidity in Bitcoin or the entire crypto space. So a lot of these whales came out of nowhere and were able to significantly change the price um, at any of any project, even Bitcoin itself. Uh, but currently today, I would say a lot of that has been reduced because there's a lot of money in there. Uh, in the market cap of Bitcoin, so it's a lot harder to do. Uh, but we can definitely see that it's nothing in comparison to like the foreign exchange market, um, where it's like trillion dollars versus like almost almost a trillion now, <laughs> um, currently sitting at Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, it has it, it's definitely evolving um, since what it, where it was before. Yeah, um, and the order book is also something that I used uh, when I was trading kind of intensely in the bull market. And you can actually see like buy and sell walls. Uh, if you were to gra uh, graph it visually, it's like when uh, sell walls are like um, on kind of the right side where there's like huge wall, it, it'll take a lot of buy orders to make the price go through above a certain price of a crypto asset and also kind of a buy all buy wall is the other way where there's like a lot of buy orders um at a certain price and it'll take a lot of money to actually push through that to the downside so um kind of on-chain metrics order book is is important as the other side like non non-graph related non-chart related metrics that you should watch out yeah. for also a lot of people use um longs and shorts they try to see like i think they look at it from like an order book uh, perspective as well for their longs and short and see which way the market is trying to go uh, for bitcoin when there's a lot of stacks on longs they try to think oh this, okay so bitcoin's going to go up maybe from today or to whatever um, at the same time there's something such there is a such thing of um stop loss stop loss hunting um trying to oh. destroy your uh leverage position um that is very real out there so be careful when you're leverage trading or if you leave it 
if you leave a position more than a day, someone or some software is going to come after your position. Yeah. And uh, there's not much like leveraging right now in the market because kind of a lot of capital has been wiped out. But during bull runs, their leverage trading is very popular. And um, if you ever go on leverage trading sites, there's actually a fee that you have to pay to, to borrow capital to leverage trade. And it's called the margin, margin trading. Um, and when those rates either go like really high to one side or really high to the other side for a prolonged period of time, that that's also another um, that's also another indicator that should signal like the trend's going to reverse. So uh, that's another thing, kind of margin trading related. Uh, I don't recommend going down that route if you're starting out. Yeah, I think the best benefit of this um, learning experience really comes from dollar cost averaging, spot trading. Um, there are other sites that do less leverage trading and you can't get liquidated. Um, there are such things like that out there, so definitely check it out. It's just like 3x, 2x, but at the same time, no matter how much the price drops, uh, you cannot get liquidated. So um, that's for one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a lot of a lot a lot of content. Definitely, like if you want to rewind and play back some of these parts, um, feel free to do so. But uh, some advanced trading strategies. If you if you guys want to learn more, um, definitely kind of Google these these indicators. Add them to to your charting tools. Um, but definitely, this is kind of the part three of three of the trading series. If if you guys um, wanted to go this advanced. Yeah, so we don't have that much time left. Um, we do want to close on a good note here. Um, if you guys have any questions or any more input, uh, definitely leave it in the comments so that, you know, through your, let us know about your experience, um, what you've gone through. Uh, maybe this might be your first time going through a bear market or maybe a second time. Uh, it could be very helpful for others. And definitely during this time, more people are going to be in fear. Uh, the best thing to buy only a dollar cost average, I would like to repeat again, is just Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, right now, Ethereum is, has, is, going to, is going to go through a lot of tests uh, to make sure that the proof of stake is going to work. So definitely right now might be just Bitcoin alone uh, is the best time to buy. Um, everyone's always asking when's the best time to get in, and that's when it's you know full fear, capitul capitulation. You know, when nobody wants to touch cryptocurrency is the time that we should be touching it. So yeah yeah um crypto has died like over 50 times <laughs> and it's like 10 year 10 year span so um we're here because we believe in the crypto space we think that decentralized money decentralized technology is going to be the future um and the way i see it is that it's going to be a slow bleed for actually the federal reserve and the um kind of government money at, over time as people see how the inflation uh, of the world increases and impact their daily lives the, the need for sound money and also the need for some some kind of currency in a store of value that isn't controlled by a centralized party because we know um, people are prone to mistakes um, we've seen it at Luna with Doquan <laughs> um, I'm kind of concerned about like uh 
uh, Twitter with Elon Musk. Um, but we're also seeing the same thing with like Jay Powell and the Federal Reserve uh, playing out. And uh, a lot of people have been saying this for years that inflation, real inflation has has been really high, like mid uh, mid teens, twenties, especially like if you look at it from like a cost of capital, not just like consumer prices standpoint. So, um, the cost of capital has kind of been the leading indicator for now. We see like actual consumer, uh, inflation, consumer based inflation be at, at which is crazy 8%. And that that's the U S dollar, the, the reserve currency of the world inflating at 8% a year. So it's crazy. It's going to cause, I think it's going to cause like a cascade of failures for, yeah, well, not necessarily a recession. We'll we'll see what happens, but um, we're going to see like hyperinflation um, for those currencies. Yeah, for those countries and other currencies, like kind of pegged to the U.S. dollar. Um, it's going to be really interesting for the next few years. So have a have a long term perspective. Don't see like I don't know a fifty percent drop as reason to forget Bitcoin forever. Um, I'm not doing this to pump. I I seriously believe like uh, decentralized money, decentralized technology, uh, it is is the is the trend for the next 10, 20 yeah, years. Definitely. I I want to add to that. I want to say that we're in an age where we're in two thousand twenty two. We're living in the future, and yet our financial system is not living in the future. Right. Um, the the crypto something's that cryptocurrency market got right is that the financial system should be always twenty four hours three hundred sixty five days a year. Um, it should be always operational and and it should never go down ever. Not even for banking holidays. Um, and at the same time, this market should be open and it should be uh, the financial system should be pretty much like Netflix where they can uh, stream your income instead of having to pay you in every two weeks or being able to understand how much money you'll have, you know, day to day basis or by minute by second. Um, I think that's the future that we should be in. Yet we're not there yet for in our, in our financial world. Um, at the same time, it's very true that I think that. Uh, we need some type of decentralized money because when you know when it, when a dollar is like tied to a government or tied to a country, and one day if it goes bankrupt, you know it, that dollar can disappear tomorrow, right? That worth. So it's we need some type of decentralized type of money that everyone can kind of depend on. Um, not to say that we should go back to the gold system um, because that's old news. Uh, we definitely need something like this, where it's like the digital dollar, a digital currency, and uh, something something that can adapt to being all three at once in terms of like being also a digital asset, and that can really combat uh, inflation that we have um, that we're seeing around the world. So, I really think that Bitcoin is probably the best uh, digital real estate that we can buy today for millennials and for the future. And that it's like probably the only uh, currency out there that's going to be able to combat uh, the global uh, inflation that we are seeing today. Yeah, um, and we're sharing this with you because we just want to be part of this kind of movement in uh, decentralized technology, decentralized finance, decentralized money. Um, Definitely going into this space when i heard about it was just how easy and accessible is uh the space was for the average person so definitely get involved get learning if you haven't already and 
hold a hoddle, <laughs> hoddle like a scrub, like like us. So um, definitely a long journey ahead of us. But uh, um, yeah, get involved. Yep. All right. <laughs> Sorry, no dog. <laughs> he wants to get involved. <laughs> there he is, cheering on us. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Hope hopefully you'll find episodes like this and um, other episodes in the future helpful for you and kind of an on ramp for you to be involved in the crypto. Yeah, space. look forward to our next episode. We're definitely going to be talking about more about the Bitcoin projects. I think we've also heard about. Um, Bitcoin NFTs and Bitcoin DeFi that might happen or ever happen. Uh, that would be the most interesting things out there. And also just like maybe just to get into a little bit about like what people don't know yet is like the Lightning Network uh, for Bitcoin and how it can actually be used as a currency. Um, I know we talk about how it's like so expensive, it's so big, or, you know, there isn't that many Bitcoins out there that we can actually use it for uh currency but it actually um, there is technology being built on top of bitcoin currently today where they can actually make it into you know divisible by a couple thousands so um that is that very very possible and we're looking forward to that and we will definitely dive deeper and give you i guess like more of what what galen would like to say the philosophical uh, route of why bitcoin um, needs to exist in our world and so uh, we'll we'll discuss that in our future episodes. Yep, give us a follow, subscribe. See you guys in the right. future. <laughs>